Here at Software People Stories, we are celebrating Women's Month with five different women being featured in series. We have the distinct privilege to introduce five very inspiring women from different realms of technology. I would like to introduce Palashi, who's a research scholar from Cornell University, who's breaking the barriers between social impact and technology. Then we have Pooja Esar, who comes from the investment background and social uh, work. And now she is the managing director for Anita B, who shares her interesting journey. And next we have Vaishali James, who's a marketing professional for technology. And she talks about her journey of coming from a very humble background and uh, breaking different, different uh, arenas. Next, um, we have Pramita, who's a satellite engineer. And last but not the least, we have Bindu Sunil, who shares her passion of embedded and uh, how she's changed her avatar to become a cloud engineer and she's heading the cloud division in Wipro. This whole month, every Friday, consecutively, we'll be releasing one new episode. Don't forget to listen to each one of them and get inspired. Hi, Pramita. Welcome to Software People Stories. So happy to have you here. Hi, Gayatri. It's a pleasure to be here. Pramita, would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am uh, born and brought up here in Bangalore. Uh, so I have not traveled much outside Bangalore in India. Um, so I did my uh, engineering in electronics and communication. Initially, I joined Wipro as a fresher and worked there for about six years. And uh, then uh, after I got married, uh, we moved to UK. So even in UK, I was uh, working. So initially, they, uh, it was difficult for me to get a job over there because we had moved countries. Um, but then uh, I kind of, uh, you know, again, uh, started uh, working over there as well. So worked there for um, about uh, six years again. Uh, and then I uh, decided to continue my studies, you know, after working for about uh, 10, uh, 10 to 12 years. And I did my master's in uh, space engineering from University of Surrey. And uh, after that, we kind of moved back to India. Uh, so I had to take a break uh, because I was having baby and then we had moved countries and getting job here was difficult because mainly uh, I had uh, switched the domains uh, just before that uh, because I had done my master's in space engineering. Um, so um, then now I am kind of uh, entrepreneur and I have my own startup. So juggling between, you know, looking after my kid and looking after the startup, both are kind of, uh, you know, same age. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. I know you are a founder and CEO of Transcend Satellite Technologies. And uh, you are also uh, working as a consultant in uh, uh, for in, in space research uh, programs, right? Yes. So excellent. I have so many questions lined up for you, Pramita. So first, I think uh, wanted to... Um, Congratulate uh, all the women listeners uh, who are uh, listening on the women's uh, special where we are highlighting and focusing on uh, very different strata, different segments of women who are women achievers by themselves. So thank you, Pramita, for being uh, uh, being who you are in terms of 
ensuring that you continue to invest in uh, yourself as well as uh, the society around you. So a uh, first question uh, that is running in my mind is uh, you are saying that you have not traveled much, but you want to put 75 people in the space from India. Uh, how did that vision start and why? Uh, uh, given that uh, India as a country has uh, being in a developing nation has its own set of challenges. How did this vision come up, come about? Yeah, so actually like when I was in UK, um, uh, okay, and I started working. So then I realized, uh, you know, much so much of uh, cultural difference, which is there uh, in India and uh, uh, abroad. Okay. And then the kind of opportunities uh, students uh, get over there and uh, people get over there, even uh, in terms of uh, job opportunities and everything. It is tremendous. Uh, okay. And then coming to the Space industry when I was uh, doing my master's. Uh, so I had opportunity to kind of participate in a UK SEDS uh, competition for uh, designing a lunar rover. Okay, that is like, then I thought like, the, um, there are so so much of opportunities available for here students and then it came to my mind that uh, back in India also uh, I need to create this kind of opportunities to the students to, ma uh, to make them you know get the uh, get this kind of exposure to uh, industries like space uh, industries um, so which they can uh, you know have the exposure even when they are uh, uh, studying. So it, the thought came uh, to me over there. But when I moved back to India, I came across uh, Indian Technology Congress Association who had this idea of 75 students at light uh, mission. So, you know, like um, I kind of was very enthusiastic to join them uh, at that uh, uh, stage. And then I enabled them to uh, start from concept to the implementation stage, you know, like when you think that 75 Student satellite mission itself back in 2018. Uh, so it was kind of impossible uh, task. Like uh, universities were uh, not not only university students, like even uh, common man or general public. Everybody thinks satellite uh, design is only for uh, uh, scientists uh, working in ISRO and only for a few set of uh, people. Uh, but I want to change that. Um, perspective okay so uh, then I kind of uh, created an ecosystem in uh, ITCA and uh, made uh, them realize that you know small CubeSats can be designed by students of any age like from 8th standard onwards and uh, then um, uh, I created uh, uh, awareness kind of programs with universities and then uh, um, I made them talk to a lot of space uh, companies like uh, it's space industry is very is a nascent uh, industry so i made them talk to a lot of companies both in india and in uh, europe and uh, made like uh, made that possible and i was there through uh, until they launched their first uh, uh, cubesats uh, through one of the universities excellent wonderful pramita i think uh, it's a, it's somewhat what you're saying is you're actually you're actually democratizing uh, understanding of space as well as being able to uh, under, um, more appreciate the whole complexity of it. Sometimes we all think that it's too huge. If we break it down into smaller pieces as well as interact and create an ecosystem of sorts, you created that excellent, uh, Pramita. So uh, tell me about your own journey, right? You've been a Wipro 
hardware engineer and uh, worked in uk as a hardware engineer what prompted you uh, uh, you know from being a hardware engineer uh, to move to the satellite space what prompted you i know you've got an education there but what made you move make that move um yeah actually like uh, from my childhood i had a fascination of uh, you know working for aircrafts okay so uh, then when i uh, did my engineering like i didn't know even then whether it it would be still possible so but i knew when i was doing engineering i wanted to be in the uh, electronic design field or in the vlsi uh, design field so when i joined wipro as a fresher i told them uh, i don't want to go to software i want to work Uh, work in the hardware uh, section you just put me in the hardware section whatever it is okay so like, like that itself was kind of bold enough of me to go approach them and tell me i want to work in this sort so when i moved to uk i got an opportunity to work for uh, british aerospace uh, where we designed uh, mission system computer for a combat aircraft uh, you know at Uh, at the same time uh, you know the the isro's mangalyaan mission was uh, kind of successful and it created a huge uh, um, a huge awareness and uh, uh, that event was you know kind of very inspirational for me so at that time uh, i was thinking okay i i already am working for a aircraft then what next why can't i work uh, for uh, uh, designing uh, satellites and uh, spacecrafts so the uh, and then i had this uh, desire for uh, doing my uh, masters as well where which uh, i didn't have opportunity to do it in india so far so then i started looking for masters uh, program uh, all over uk and uh, um, then i i did this search for almost 2 years because i was not satisfied with the normal masters program which was available uh so i kind of searched on for almost 2 years and then i came across this uh, uni- uh, university of surrey which has this masters in space engineering program and then when i went through all the syllabus and the kind of subjects they taught i i could connect with the subjects and uh, um that program was so very well tailor made that anybody with any kind of background could uh, do this course and then get on to the space industry so that helped me um uh, you know very much to get into the uh, space industry uh, it like it is like uh, we need to kind of keep looking for opportunities keep looking for what we like doing and uh, keep looking for uh, you know uh, uh, ways of fulfilling our dreams um, then you know when the opportunities come by we just have to grab it wow excellent pramita so you're saying um, you you were working in the aerospace in the software side or in somewhere in the middle there between software and hardware side and that's when it sort of uh, picked your interest to enable yourself uh, pramita um, tell me about uh, you know we keep talking about product design uh, for uh, internet firms for uh, uh, for ro uh, for all the systems that we are using right at, on a day to day basis how different is it when we talk about the same product design when we talk about space or aerospace uh, i understand aerodynamically the weight and everything is very different compared to what we normally see right what else is different from a, when you look at it design what are those parameters that you are looking at 
um see space industry is such a industry it requires people from all streams uh it's not only engineering you know even if you are a doctor or a bio uh, from a biotechnology field or a um microgravity field or even just bachelor of science and then coming to engineering uh, you know if you take a, a consider a satellite there are various aspects of it where we need uh, you know mechanical design engineers electrical engineers electronic engineers software engineers uh, you know management uh, people with management uh, background so like you need a varied kind of people to work in the space domain and it is not limited uh, just to uh, engineering or software or uh, or anything like it is um, so it it is such a industry it's it's like an ocean where it can accommodate all sorts of people wow <laughs> i always thought that when you talk about product design it is more in the electrical electronics and space industry and not uh, across or so many different uh, sectors so uh, how do you uh, become cross functional we keep talking about uh, you know t shaped engineer uh, being uh, e shaped engineers and all of that right how do you really uh, get across all these uh, different domains prometa in terms of building it right when you build it you have to understand little bit of what other person is doing uh, so that uh, you create that design which works correct so how do you uh, when you work with students how do you teach them that skill um it is like uh, more of the overall understanding uh, which one has uh, on the subjects it's like when we take our uh, teachers right so they make concepts so simple that uh, uh, the students can understand even complex mathematics algebra geometry and everything we we don't realize it actually when we are uh, uh, students you know the power of teachers so it is like when um, see i am working both on the commercial industry and also i am working with uh, uh, students uh, right so i i do you know like some part of my time i do allocate for working with students for providing some sort of training or um, uh, through the 75 students satellite mission or creating some sort of uh, you know uh, workshops uh, for them um, uh, so that is like uh, for me that is kind of giving back uh, to the society and uh, making this uh, you know space technology available to as many students as Uh, possible so it is just that uh, we have to think from the perspective uh, perspective of a student if i have to kind of learn uh, about this uh, technology and as a uh, student uh, what will i be uh, looking for and then when you interact uh, start interacting with the uh, students you will know student nowadays are kind very very smart you know you don't even you just have to give them a little opportunity and they learn a lot by themselves they, they do lot by uh, themselves so it is we just have to understand that perspectives and uh, put put it across in uh, in the way they can uh, understand so um, that's about it um, one of the things that you know when i in preparation to talking to you i was uh, going through a few uh, podcasts myself in terms of space and uh, most of the things that are being discussed uh, in the space is the le- amount of ai artificial intelligence that is being used in um, not just uh, to see uh, or a launch a, a special vehicle but also predicting the outcomes predicting the what are the possibilities so are, uh, are, uh, is your company right now investing in that space in terms of saying how do you skill your oneself in the artificial intelligence getting the data 
and projecting it in a 3D or a 4D kind of a dimensions. How is that sort of a software dimension playing in uh, Pravita? Um, okay, so actually there are two aspects. One is designing the satellites that is called um, uh, upstream and then there is downstream where uh, people work on the data which we uh, get from the satellite. So AI is mostly used uh, on the downstream applications. Uh, like uh, if for, uh, for example, like we have a lot of Earth observation satellites, which they uh, which sends uh, pictures of the Earth. We have seen those pictures when we see the weather forecast in uh, televisions. So um, there are a lot of AI algorithms which work on these uh, uh, pictures and they help to bifurcate the kind of data we are looking for. Uh, for example, it will bifurcate forget the data about the cyclone or uh, where the uh, about the temperature and about uh, floods and and things like that so uh, using air applications is more on the satellite data and uh, on different types of uh, satellite data segregating it analyzing it and uh, um, like uh, coming up with uh, various different uh, solutions and in various different uh, industries the data is uh, being used yeah, the AI uh, industry uh, or the AI algorithms or the AI software is implemented on downstream satellite uh, data. Uh, not in the actual space launch itself, is it? For the space launch, uh, we are uh, using a lesser amount of uh, artificial intelligence, is it? In terms of creating a path or a creating a most viable, uh, uh, you know, route and all of that. Uh, yeah, so that way I think uh, AI is still used in a lot of the simulation tools which we'll be using, all the software tools uh, which we'll be using. Uh, like we use a few software tools to simulate the orbit uh, uh, orbit in the space. So in those kind of applications, I think a lot of amount of AI, is, I mean not lot, some amount of AI is already present. Like when we do a thermal simulation of the uh, electronic design uh, which we do. So those those softwares are all are built with some amount of AI. Got it. Got it. When we were younger, right, one of the first things we used to imagine ourselves is uh, how beautiful it will be to go launch ourselves to space and everything. So uh, when you speak with your students, how do you motivate them? I mean, if you think about it, uh, with all the SpaceX and a lot of these companies are already available. So what is it that the current, uh, you know, group of kids as our students who are who are getting into the space motivated about what 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 is making that happen uh, here i have to say i don't have to put any effort because uh, students are self motivated you know uh, like they know a lot about what is going on in the space industry all over the world so when we say when i talk about different kinds of payloads or different types of uh, satellites they are kind of already aware of it and um, uh, because you know even in india a lot of uh, awareness programs uh, happen um, so students are kind of self motivated motivated when when they want to you know uh, the thing is um, compared to our generation students know what they want to do already so they are already working on it before we telling uh, asking them to work on something that makes our life a lot more uh, difficult right you have to uh, really <laughs> ensure that you know you make it easier for them to consume and uh, being able to create those uh, fantastic projects um, so uh, pramita if when you look at your own uh, career trajectory, right, what are the few uh, things that you, uh, some of the aha moments you've had that you want to share with uh, our listeners? 
uh, if it's not con too confidential, if you can share some of the aha moments that you've had, some of the uh, things that had taken off. Definitely there are moments because, uh, you know, as I told you, uh, when I was doing engineering, I kind of wanted to do VLSI. But the thing, when I joined uh, Wipro as well, like I approached them and said, I want to work in the hardware or VLSI side, definitely. And when I got to work on it, that was my first, uh, uh, you know, moment, which I was uh, really overjoyed that I got uh, got an opportunity to, you know, work on the field I wanted because at that point of time I was not very sure of of being a software engineer okay so I was kind of scared to become a software engineer I was very comfortable with the hardware so I kind of uh, did it and then like because I uh, like the work which I was doing so every year I uh, kept on winning some kind of award now that was uh, you know very nice moment for me and even when I went to UK uh, so like I did win you know continuous excellence award for a couple of uh, uh, years and um, so when I was working uh, for Dell through Wipro so we could uh, have a patent idea which was recognized by Dell so that was one of the moments and uh, more than all of these uh, moments, the the memories, the experiences, and the learning uh, activities which I had all, all along uh, uh, the journey. So that was, uh, you know, kind of wonderful. You know, they say the old times doesn't come back again. So the memories are one of the treasures which I have. If you have to re relook at your career, right? Um... I'm sure you're saying from a understanding, from a decisions that you've taken across, uh, staying in the VLSI, staying, uh, uh, upskilling yourself, you've done it. So what are the few, th few misgivings you have had? Some of the things that, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. Has there been any moments like that that you can share? Um, uh, well, it is difficult to tell that way. Because, you know, if I look back there, you know, you always think uh, you could have uh, done better. You always think you could have worked on a project better in a better way than you uh, you actually done. Uh, so then you always think, you know, uh, you could have made uh, a, a decision differently. Uh, but then, you know, what happens with you is, is how the life is. So the thing is like we have to accept uh, what life uh, brings on to us and, uh, you know, make that into an opportunity rather than kind of regretting what the things which we did not get to uh, do. I was, I was expecting such a reply already from it. So <laughs> bang on. <laughs> In terms of making the most of the opportunities that we get and keep building over it. Right. Um, so uh, when you uh, some of us are coming back to the question around space and uh, software and, uh, you know, intelligence that we have, um, I, yeah, as you know, one of the recent articles that I read is that uh, in the space right now in the in, a, in like a baseball size uh, objects right now in the space itself, there are about a million. Uh, objects which are just lying around, uh, which have just, uh, which are not even, uh, you know, con uh, moving on itself, right? It means that those are potential dangers. That and that is what um, at least the research seems to be suggesting. And uh, if we think about it, is that sustainable in terms of having so many spaceships going? And uh, while data is important, critical, are we also ensuring that? Uh, we are having a very sustainable space program 
uh, what is what are your views in terms of sustainability there you know i know sustainable earth air all of that is more talked yes, about yeah, than sustainable sustainable space so what what are your views on that yeah this this is a very wonderful point uh, which you have touched upon uh, okay space situational awareness is uh, you know very important for for everybody who is uh, working in the space industry all over the world okay so um, the thing is when student launch uh, satellites or now everybody are talking about launching a constellation of satellites which is like sending hundreds and thousands of satellites into outer space in the low earth orbit uh, so after some time when uh, at at the end of life because these smaller satellites are designed only for about one year or three years or up to five years uh, lifetime and a few of them may stop working uh, earlier so it is like um, those when they stop working they become space debris uh, that means like they can be harmful for the existing satellites and also the space uh, environment in the outer atmosphere of the earth um so uh, when you take consider uh, geostationary satellites which is at 36000 kilometers from earth surface so there is something called a uh, graveyard orbits where the satellites are um, uh, uh, satellites will be uh, kind of uh, moved to to a different orbit so that it doesn't become a problem to the existing geostationary satellites but when it comes to low earth orbit so we need to have a deorbiting technique in the satellites so deorbiting technique in the sense um due to the earth's gravitational pull we have to uh, move the satellite from their orbit to make them come inside the earth's atmosphere where they can burn and destroy uh, themselves and uh, that way these will not be left over in the uh, outer atmosphere and uh, they'll be once their mission is complete uh, so they can be destroyed so they don't create a hazard so like very few people and even through isro and uh, in space uh, people are working on space situational awareness so we recently had a workshop uh, organized by isro and uh, in space in bangalore where uh, i was also one of the panelists so i spoke about uh, industry and academic uh, collaboration for uh, you know research and uh, creating uh, different types of uh, deorbiting techniques uh, which would be very small and which would consume very low power but which can be easily integrated in all uh, satellites so once their mission is complete they can be um, uh, the altitude can be decreased brought down to the earth's atmosphere and it will burn itself so that way like uh, we are uh, kind of uh, that is one of the ways uh, where we can reduce the space debris and then like lot uh, and through my company we are also working on a uh, project where we can kind of uh, uh, track and uh, track detect and capture uh, uh, the space debris excellent because I, i one of the things that uh, we keep saying right uh, some some of these practices when we start because it's a nascent industry as you mentioned and if those practices are in yes. place it's going to be a lot more easier uh, for our uh, time to come so uh, thank you for sharing yes. that and i'm hoping that uh, more and more uh, satellites when we launching it also has a life cycle and that life cycle uh, doesn't end at a point where uh, data is being captured right it is also <laughs> ending at a point where it's sustainable and it is uh, kept in a way which is uh, easier for the uh, Um, for it to auto combustion or whatever that technique is called that you are saying 
keep ourselves uh, you know with uh, we have to be aware of what is happening thank you pramita so i i, I know uh, we have been having a wonderful conversation just wanted to uh, any thoughts that you want to share with our listeners pramita those who are in the software side or in the hardware side who want to be part of the space industry what any uh, thoughts that you want to share yeah definitely i mean uh, see space industry requires software engineers hardware engineers and uh, you know uh, communication engineers uh, on the rf side uh, and uh, orbit design engineers uh, you know a lot of people from various different uh, backgrounds um and space industry need people and now that indian and global space industry is growing so if people are interested they can you know definitely uh, uh, come and work with uh, startups or some of the space companies because there are always uh, openings uh, available so they can give it a try great so happy to have you here pramita and uh, for our listeners pramita spoke about democratizing uh, satellite and space launching and how she her, showed her own journey of being interested and being invested in the journey and i am also so happy to hear about her own uh, journey in terms of sending sandhya people uh, to the space from the indian uh, federation thank you so much for your time pramita i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me on your show uh, i hope uh, you know like um, uh, i could reach uh, many people many software engineers or many women uh, and uh, like i just want to tell them that uh, don't limit yourself thank you so much We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.